today's the day in the lectionary that celebrates Jesus being presented in the temple. So if you can remember back to that, Jesus is eight days old. So, so we're kind of moving backwards in time uh, to the point where he's eight days old and it's time for his kind of ceremonial presentation in the temple. So that's, that's where we're at this morning. That's what I want to talk about uh, this morning. And so we're going to be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 22. So I don't, I don't know if it'll be on the screen, perhaps, but uh, you do have a Bible in your pew as well. Luke chapter 2, starting with 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves, doves or two young pigeons." Now, here's where I want to spend most of my time today. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought uh, in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for, the, for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel." The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that he will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, uh, uh, and then had been a widow for 84 years. She had never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him." All right, I love that story. I've loved, I've loved that story for years, and I don't think I've ever preached on it. I love these two characters, Simeon and Anna. Uh, and they're interesting characters because they don't really do anything. Like, this is all that we know about them. This, that's it. Nine, no, 19 verses. Uh, that's it. It's all we get about these two characters in all of the Bible, uh, and yet they're awesome and they're inspiring and I think that they have so much to teach us there's so much to learn from these heroes of the faith uh, now the text describes Simeon using a couple words if, if you remember right away in, in verse 25 uh, they call him the text calls him righteous and devout uh, some translations uh, call him a good man uh, and others call him holy and thoughtful he, he's 
however you would describe him. He's righteous and devout. He's a good man. He's holy and thoughtful. But the word that comes to my mind when I think of Simeon and Anna both is faithful. The, the word that comes to my mind is the word faithful. I think they exude faithfulness. I think faithfulness oozes from their pores. And there's a lot that we can learn from them uh, about faithfulness. So that's what I want to explore this morning. I, I want to explore what makes these two characters faithful. Like what sets them apart? Why would, why would we talk about them with all these descriptors, righteous and devout, but, but more importantly, why would we talk about them as being faithful? And, and I, I think there's at least four things that make them faithful. Uh, so I want to explore these four things. But before we get there, I want to talk about one thing that doesn't make them faithful. I think it's important to kind of set that up. Before we talk about all the ways in which they are faithful, I want to talk first about one thing that doesn't make them faithful. And here it is. Simeon and Anna's faithfulness has nothing to do with their status, their success, or their accomplishments. I mean, like I said, we know almost nothing about these people. Like almost nothing. We get one little snippet, maybe a minute of their lives uh, is all we know about them. Uh, we, don't, we don't get many details. Maybe they are accomplished. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Probably not. I, I mean, Anna has basically lived in the temple for years. So there's not a lot of time then for her to be out starting businesses or making money or being known in the community. There's, she hasn't left a lot of time in her schedule for that, for, for success and accomplishments and greatness. We don't even know if they've done anything profound or noteworthy for God, like things that we, we would think of in overtly spiritual language. Like We don't know if they've been uh, kind of a voice of truth in the temple. We don't know if they've, if they've spoke out or do they just show up and, and they're just there and no one, we don't know anything about them. We don't know if they've done anything kind of spiritually great. Uh, and they undoubtedly had plenty of moments uh, of mental and spiritual weakness in their lives, thinking about all the things that they haven't done or haven't accomplished, all the ways that they've spun their wheels, like, what am I really doing here? I've just been hanging out in the temple for 80 years. Like, like have I wasted my life away? Undoubtedly, at times, those thoughts must have crept into their mind. Have I done anything significant with my life? Because who of us doesn't have those kind of thoughts? And yet... Here we are. We don't know anything of greatness about them. We don't know that they did anything profound, spiritually or otherwise. Uh, and they probably uh, thought some uh, uh, demoralizing thoughts about themselves at times. And yet here we are, thousands of years later, still talking about these two. Still preaching about these two. Because what they accomplished has nothing to do with their value what they succeeded at, the achievements that they had in their life has nothing to do with their value. The amount of worldly success that they achieve says nothing of their faithfulness. That is not the way things get measured in God's kingdom. That's not the way that God measures faithfulness. Even though we don't know anything profound or significant that Simeon and Anna accomplished, they still remain models of faithfulness because faithfulness is about way more than success 
or accomplishment. That's not the way we measure it. So now, the ways that Simeon and Anna really are models of faithfulness for us. First, I would say, I think from the very little that we know about them, we know that these two characters are consistent and committed. That I think it's one of the major things that makes them faithful. They are consistent and committed. Rain or shine, good or bad, through certainty or doubt, Simeon and Anna have showed up. They've, been, they've just showed up. There had to have been spiritually dry seasons. There had to have been periods of questioning. There had to have been moments where they wondered if the promise that they had received from God would ever be fulfilled, yet they stay faithful, consistent, and committed. Faithfulness carries no obligation of greatness or achievement. There's no requirement of perfection. It fundamentally looks like showing up, like just being there for God, for one another, for our world, it, being present, persevering. There's a faithfulness to just plodding along. I, I mean that in all sincerity. There's a faithfulness to, I just keep going, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, uh, just doing the right thing with consistency and commitment. I think about the Old Testament character of Esau. I've been reading through Genesis recently, and, and uh, I'm just amazed by Esau. He was always overlooked for his brother Jacob. Like Jacob, Jacob and most of that was because Jacob was a trickster and, and was cheating him out of all sorts of things. But Esau just always got the short end of the stick. There, there aren't any massive accomplishments or stories about his life. We know quite a few things about him, but there's, no, there's nothing grandiose. He doesn't accomplish anything massive in the world like, like Jacob does. We know so much more about Jacob. But Esau is just a good, consistent, dependable, committed, faithful man of God from beginning to end. Uh, from, at the very beginning, he's faithful to his father, and at the very end, he's faithful to Jacob himself. Uh, Esau just... He plods along consistent and committed in faithfulness. I think about my grandmother, who, who a lot of you know passed away a few years ago. Uh, there, there are a lot of things about my grandmother's life that, that weren't easy or perfect, like tons of mistakes and tons of hardship. Like, like I didn't learn until way, way, way down the road that like my grandparents had actually gotten divorced at one point and then they got remarried to each other. Like they, they were divorced for like three months or something is all. And, and then they were, and, and they, there were bad habits that needed to be kicked and they had tough financial situations throughout their entire lives. Uh, my grandma, she has no major achievements in her life. No, no huge spiritual achievements either. She didn't preach any sermons. She didn't start any churches. There's nothing monstrous about her life. There's nothing grandiose about her life, but she kept moving forward. From, from the day that I can first remember her to the day that she died, she just kept moving forward on the faith journey, always there for people, kept learning and growing and maturing in her faith all throughout her life. She was stronger in her faith at the end than at the beginning. Uh, and I think that that's a model of faithfulness. She was consistent and committed. 
Second thing that we learn from Simeon and Anna about faithfulness. I think that one sign of their faithfulness was that they were in tune with and aware of God's voice, presence, and promise. They just seem tuned in to what God is doing. Simeon and Anna, they're not just floating through life. Yes, they are consistent and they are committed, uh, uh, but there's, there's nothing passive about it either. There's nothing passive about their walk with God. Even though they're kind of plodding along in faithfulness, they are not just going through the motions. They are open. They're listening. They're paying attention. They trust God to speak. Uh, they want God to speak. They're hearing him. They're expecting God to speak. And when God does, they're actually listening and they actually hear. This, the, the text says that they are, they are attuned to the Spirit, they're at one with the Spirit. They're, they're hearing from the Spirit. Uh, they're, they're tuned in. I was thinking, uh, most of you know I'm a big baseball fan, big Mariners fan, and, uh, and I follow, uh, there's a whole bunch of writers that I kind of follow that are always breaking stories and kind of keeping uh, us lay people up to, up to date on the, the news about, about baseball. And one of them's actually from my hometown. He was he was one of my baseball umpires as a kid. We kind of have this connection. But his name is Ryan, and, uh, and he, he writes for the Seattle Times. And, and he writes and reports on everything Mariners. Anything that happens, Mariners, that's his job. You write about it. You write about the Mariners. And so he's always talking about Twitter, uh, on, Twitter on Twitter about uh, the inconvenience of, of when news breaks, when transactions happen. It's like almost always as he's like lacing up his shoes to go to the gym or something. And he's like, oh man, now I got to go write 2,000 words on what just happened uh, in, Mar- in Mariner's land. Uh, but the reason that he knows that, the reason that he knows that that's happening as he's lacing up his shoes and getting ready to go play basketball or whatever is because his phone tells him. He's got all these alerts set on his phone that anytime all these different voices that might be leads in, in for stories, anytime they tweet something, boom, it's hitting his phone and he knows instantly. He's on high alert. Uh, and I think that Simeon and Anna are the exact same way. I think that they are on high alert to the ways of God, to the, the, the breaking news of what God is up to. I think that Simeon and Anna have their alerts set on their phones. They are tuned in and aware of what God is up to. They're listening. They're active. They're paying attention. They want to know. They're waiting on God. They want to be aware. I think of Psalm 16, verse 8. I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. To be faithful is to be attuned and aware of God's voice, presence, and promise. What's he doing? What's he saying? What does he want for me? What's happening in my neighborhood? What's happening at work? What's happening with the people that I'm in relationship with? What is God doing in the life of this person that I'm with right now? And how can I be a presence there? How can I speak to them? How can I help them? What, how does God want me to be his hands and his feet in the world? If I were to ask you what God is saying and how God is speaking and moving in your life, would you know? If I were to ask that of myself, would I know what God is saying and how God is speaking? Would, would you have an answer? Would you at least be able to say, I'm not totally sure, but I'm, I'm listening and I'm open and I at least want to know. I, I, have, I have some friends uh, who have 
uh, a really interesting, fun, scary, risky, awesome business and life opportunity that they're kind of they're making decisions about right now that they have to figure out if they want to move forward with this thing and is it the best thing for them and is it too risky or is it is this the thing that God is calling them to and uh, and I was I was talking with my friend the other day about this and I found myself thinking about Simeon and Anna Uh, it's interesting with my friends uh, I find it interesting they didn't know that this opportunity even existed like two months ago. It, it wasn't even on the table. It wasn't even on their purview. They weren't looking for any specific adventure. They weren't trying to force something to happen in their lives. They were just open and listening and willing for God to speak and move and do something profound in and through them. And it sure looks like he might be doing just that very thing. But it wasn't even on their radar, and they only know about it. They're only moving forward in faithfulness and trying to figure out if this is the right thing because they were just open. I'm just listening. I'm going to be alert, and when God speaks, I'm going to be ready to hear it. Their lives may be changing in beautifully profound ways, all because they were in tune with God's voice, presence, and promise. That's, that's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. Third thing. To be faithful is to be humble. And it sure seems like Simeon and Anna have this in spades. To be faithful is to be humble. As the crowning spiritual achievement of his life is unfolding, the thing that we are still talking about 2,000 years later, all Simeon does is take a baby in his arms, declare it to be the Messiah, the bringer of salvation, the light to the whole world, and, and he gives praise to God and then says, I can now go die in peace. Like, there's nothing flashy about this story. It's the story that we know Simeon about thousands of years later, and yet there's, there's nothing flashy. Uh, he takes no credit. There's no accolades. There's no striving for attention or fame or fortune. It's just simple, humble worship and adoration. This is a massive part of Simeon's faithfulness. He's humble. He doesn't need to be noticed. He doesn't want the glory. He doesn't stop to boast that God spoke to him and he knew that this moment was going to happen. He just does the right thing. His priorities are right. He knows who actually deserves the attention and praise, and it's not himself. It's Jesus. It's God. And so he takes this baby in his arms, and yet he directs all the attention to God. He prays, uh, thanking God for this moment. He gives praise to God, and he blesses uh, Joseph and Mary as they go forward. Uh, It's just Jesus. And, And if I asked you all who comes to your mind when you think of faithfulness, I bet almost all of those people are humble. I, I, bet, I bet if we took a poll or if we walked around and got your feedback on, when I, when I say the word faithful, when I ask you who in your life has been faithful, uh, and a person pops into your mind, I, I, I would bet that almost all of those people are humble. It's one of the primary ways to be faithful. Uh, dozens of people come to my mind when I think of faithfulness. Saints of the church, both young and old, and not one of the people that I think of, not one, 
is arrogant or proud or in it for the accolades or accomplishments, they're all humble. They're all servants. They're all just doing what needs to be done. For example, I think of a small group of women from this church, Pat Newby, Grace Holliday, and Claire Abrams that many of you remember but has since moved away. And uh, when, when uh, my family had just moved to Bozeman, we had Zoe, she was really little, and we're trying to get our feet wet here, and I'm, I'm working at the Rock and, and can't always be home with, with my kids, and Mandy's trying to work and, and try to, trying to figure out what she's going to do career-wise. And we were just kind of desperate. We didn't have babysitters. We didn't have help. And we had this, this small humble, faithful group of people that would come over to our house and, and just be with Zoe, sometimes rocking her for hours, trying to get her to sleep, and just being with, it, with her. Uh, they needed no credit. No one knew they were doing it. They wouldn't have wanted you to know anyway. It was just humble serv- servanthood to a young family that really needed some help. Uh, talk about faithfulness. Right? Talk about humble faithfulness. To be faithful is to be humble. And then the final thing that Simeon and Anna help us to understand about faithfulness, the the final thing that that they show us is that the faithful live as the hopeful. The faithful live as the hopeful with a deep sense of hopefulness. The The text says that Simeon was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. Uh, the message calls him a man who lived in prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. Simeon understood that his current reality was not the final reality. The thing that he was experiencing now, the thing that he was going through, uh, was not the final thing. The present was not the future. He had hope for a new and better future. He'd been waiting for it for years in hopefulness. He had never lost hope. He had kept pressing on. He had kept trusting that God was doing a thing that the present was not the future. Uh, and, And in the end, he was able to see that future come in the person of Jesus. To be faithful is to trust that the story is still being written. No matter how many decades it's taking for this to finally come to culmination, to be faithful is to trust that the story is still being written and to live with a deep, abiding hope that it will one day be fulfilled and accomplished in Jesus. The faithful don't get bogged down or beaten down by the trials of today. They press on. They hold hope. They know that it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Uh, They know that whatever I'm going through, good or bad uh, or, or incredibly painful, this is not the end story. That Jesus is the end of this story. I think we see this hopefulness, this faithful hopefulness in the characters of Simeon and Anna too. They have this deep understanding of what is to come, that God is doing a new and better thing, and they both live with profound hopefulness for the future. They're willing to endure long, long years of of waiting because they trust that God is going to do a new, better thing. The faithful live as the hopeful. So let's follow the example of Simeon and Anna in living faithfully. Let's remember that faithfulness is different than success and acclaim. What, what we accomplish, what, how great we are, how successful we are, that has nothing to do with our faithfulness. 
even if we're struggling, uh, even if we're down and out, we can still be faithful. Let's live lives that are consistent and committed. This is a long journey, and we can get off track from time to time, but let's do our best to just put one foot in front of the other, uh, to keep growing, to keep learning. Let's be in tune with and aware of God's voice, presence, and promise. Anytime God has done something big in my life, uh, I think it's, it's been because I've just been open to it. I haven't tried to force it. Anytime I've tried to force something to happen, it's been the wrong path. And it hasn't ended uh, with the right trajectory. Uh, so let's, let's be faithful uh, by being in tune and aware of God's voice, presence, and promise. Let's be open to what he might be saying and how he might be leading. Let's be alert to the ways in which he's speaking. Let's be people of humility who need not be noticed in our faithfulness. Let's just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And let's be people who live lives, lives of hopefulness, trusting that God is on the move, working to redeem all situations and the whole entire world. Here's to living lives of faithfulness, simple, quiet, humble, hopeful faithfulness. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a faithful God that you are consistent and committed in our lives, that you speak to us, that you want to be with us, you want to talk with us, you want your voice to be heard. We thank you even for your humility, that Jesus didn't need to be noticed or recognized either. He set this beautiful example for us of humble faithfulness. And God, we do pray that we would move forward with hope, even if it feels like the things that we've been waiting for just won't happen would we just keep moving forward, trusting that you are doing a new and better thing always? And, and would we be hopeful in that? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.